I don't remember ever giving a lesson that I wasn't pretty uh, nervous about having to do it. And uh, but Chuck's reading helped relax me quite a bit. Um, I was glad I wasn't doing that. Um, so, uh, but anyway, talking about the lesson tonight. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. That's what Paul said, and I think it. I think it works very well in the series that we're going through right now about uh, in the lectures of following Jesus wherever He goes. Um, we're looking straight to Christ and how He handled situations, how He taught, when He chose to say things, and uh, just everything the way He... Of course, we know He does everything perfectly. So. He's the example we look to, and, and I think so much of the time we forget that and we look to each other, which there's plenty of encouragement in this group. I don't deny that. But when we really, you know, you, we can get discouraged any time. We can get discouraged, we can get discouraged between our, the wife and husband. Uh, we always need to look up farther than that, and that would be to the Lord. And so that's what we're trying to do, and I, I appreciate so much being the elders asking me to do this, being a, a part of the grouping of men that they chose, asked to do this lecture series. It's an honor to be a part of that. And, um, but my assignment is the upper room. Um, when Jesus entered into the upper room, and uh, he is, there, were, there were quite a few things that happened there. And, um, and, you know, and I could address all of those. But I um, thought about it for a while. And, um, you know, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper in the upper room. And so you think, well, you, you really need to cover that. But as I thought more about it, um, I'm speaking to uh, those of the faith on a Sunday night. And, and I always look at that as people that's a little more serious about their faith, uh, the ones that come back Sunday night. And so I thought about that, and I've decided that uh, the best thing to do is talk about washing feet. And, uh, and, and that's what I want to focus on. Of course, this happened in the upper room. And, uh, but I want to talk about, uh, focus on washing feet, and of course, it's a focus on service, on serving. Um, look in Luke 22. There's, a, there's another event in the upper room that leads us to the washing feet. And I want to read that. These are all familiar passages. You can uh, you know, try to follow along as best you can, but I may jump to a verse or just read it from my notes. And, and that may, because it's going to be things you know about, but it's going to be... Uh, and a little more of detail than a lot of times we're programmed to think about it. Now there was also a dis, uh, disciple, verse 24 in uh, chapter 22. Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be the younger. And he who governs as he who serves. 
For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. This is so much key to us being the kind of servants that we need to be. And the Lord's going to show further how far this goes in, in, in being a servant. Um, and a lot of times the world totally ignores. Let's go to John 13. That account is really good about washing feet. Just bear with me. I'm going to read a little bit here. We're going to read from uh, verse 1 through uh, 17. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The supper being ended, the devil having already put in into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and, and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you not know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you well say, or you say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. In John 1, we know that passage, but I won't read it in light of this. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and, in dark, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Here is the maker of the world, the giver of life, washing feet. That's supposed to be a very strong message to anyone of faith, to us. Washing feet, the most humblest, this is the most lowly servant in the house. This is what slaves would do. This is what 
the, the, um, we're going to read some other passages, but this is a very lowly, humble job. And this is what he is telling his followers. This is how, this is our, supposed to be our mindset in service to God. Go read some, it's a lot of things to help back this up. Philippians 2. Philippians. And this is just a um, 3 through 8. That's what I want to read. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. There is no point of any lower that the Lord, in my, other than dying, that He could show us how to think in our service than washing feet. Than, that we, we go as we do whatever the job is to do. And we seek those kinds of jobs. Um, that's not something we're programmed to do either. Uh, Matthew 20, 25 through 28. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew 11. One verse, you know it. I'm going to turn over there. Matthew 11. 11. Assuredly I say to you, among these born of women, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. You see here how the Lord is thinking about his people. You know, you know, people have kind of thought about the judgment and said, well, you know, well, I sure hope I'm not standing by, behind Bob Hutto or something because, you know, I, I just haven't done all Bob's done. I really haven't. Um, that's, not, that's not the way the Lord looks at us. He does not look at us that way. You know, John the Baptist, <laughs> you know, I've, there's quite a few men 
that I know through the years that I've looked up to, well, I'm mostly preacher of the gospel, the elders too, um, through the years, and I would say, boy, as much as I know them, you know, I'd say they're really, they're they probably close like John the Baptist. I mean, I just don't know a thing that they are just solid, you know, and, but that really doesn't matter. <laughs> now, it does matter in one way. Um, and one thing I took from this, it's a little of a quiz, um, trick question kind of, but um, what is expected of five-talent five man compared to the two-talent man? What is it expected? More. More. And so when we have people that are able and do it, we need to encourage them to do it. I don't know how the Lord's going to judge those things uh, about what we use or what we don't use, what we overlook and not. We, we're counting on blood for a lot of this to help us through this. But, uh, you know, we do need to develop ourselves to the point of our ability to do what we can do. Not saying that. But on the other hand, in the judgment, John the Baptist has no more weight than I. And so, and, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a comforting thing. Another, Isaiah 53, we read it today, but we, you know, we were not thinking about this. So I'm going to read a, a verse here. Isaiah 53, at verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of tree work and everything. When you see a ceiling the first year, and it's, in the, it's like right now, and it was planted last winter, it looks pretty rough. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna want it. The first year is the is the critical year, the first growing season. You get the tree through that growing through that first season, it's probably gonna be okay. But you go out there and you look. And I don't know about this, man. I don't, you know, you better get some rain. Uh, it looks pretty bad. The Lord, the Godhead, decided long before the Lord came. He could have been the tallest, the best-looking guy. Remember King Saul? You could see him head and shoulders above everybody else. He looked like a king. I mean, he just looked apart. The Godhead chose to not have anything that would be appealing to, to the casual observer. He's appealing to the, uh, to the spiritual part of us. That's what, he want. That's, that's what he wants to attract. And you do that not through outward um, shows of, um, of, of greatness. Uh, a look, you know, uh, um, appearance, worldly, uh, worldly uh, measures of leadership, the way we look at people, how they present themselves, how they look, you know. We size all that up, their, you know, their ability to... Uh, 
you know, the way they look, the way they talk. We're, um, we're very, we're measuring that to see how successful we would be. That's just the opposite of the way God thinks. Just the opposite. He's looking inside. You know, you know the... Um, Elders, deacons, um, ministers of the gospel, you know, that is wonderful that people have those qualifications. It's wonderful that we encourage them, we pray for them, we, um, we give them respect, honor, support in what they're doing, which is rightly so and, and rightly done. But being a servant goes a lot deeper than that. That's where the accolades are. That, you know, you can get... I felt these things as an elder. You can get to feeling pretty good about yourself. There's a lot of people encouraging you and telling you what a good job you're doing and all that, and you kind of... That kind of... Yeah, I like that. I like that, you know. Um, and And... And, and that's okay, but, but you don't need to let yourself get carried away with that. that we're talking about here doing things kind of undercover, doing things for people that we don't get any accolades for. We, nobody knows what we're doing. That's what the Lord's looking for. It's, nobody's going to be impressed with washing feet. Nobody. And yet that's what He wants us to be doing. So what, how do we want to, how can we do those humble things? How, how can we think that way, think to do them? It's easy for us to think about, um, you know, standing up here and, uh, and giving a lesson or something. It's not for a lot of us, I mean. But, but, but brethren, you know the brethren are going to encourage you over it. Even if you do a bad job like Chuck missing a couple of words, you know, you... You, you gonna, you gonna, people are going to encourage you because they want you to keep doing it, you know. Uh, but, but when you're out doing things like what we're talking about now, going to see a widow, uh, you know, pure and undefiled religion, and James 1.27, when you're doing things like this, um, you know, nobody's necessarily going to find out about that. And a lot of this stuff applies to me right now. It's kind of uncanny that it does, um, that, it, that it has hit at this time for me to do this when I've been doing some things that I didn't think I'd ever be doing. And, uh, but it, but it does kind of ring home with me more than it ever did. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. Um, you know, we need to look to do that. There's no, not going to get any praises for it or anything. Uh, I tell you, sometimes people are so sick. But fam, they're so distracted by their, by their ailments that they can't even thank you. They can't even appreciate what you're trying to do. They may not even like it. 
but you still need to do it. I, um, you know, we can do these kind of things when we're married. You learn that, number one. You become number two pretty quickly. Um, when you have children, you're got number, you might be number three, four at that time, five. Um, you know, and, and uh, people don't even really care what you're doing at work anymore. They, they just don't really care. They won't know what children are doing. They won't know what, what the wife's doing. They won't know, you know, did you feed the dog? They, they don't care because they're distracted. You're not number one anymore. Your, your income, all of that has to be kind of spread around now. It's not, it's, it's not what you're used to doing. So that's the way we need to, I, <laughs> there's, I'll tell you about a good deed that I did. I didn't really know that at the time, uh, I didn't think about it. It was, uh, the lady was a, she not only remembered church, she was a elder's wife. And he had Parkinson's disease. And um, <laughs> he, um, he was in terrible shape. She, um, she had to use a lift to just keep him rolled. The, the nurses would, uh, nurses studying at UAB would come there to examine how she took care of him because he never had a bed sore. And, uh, and uh, anyway, I'd gone over there. She was like a grandmother to me and uh, had helped. Great influence on mother and dad, a, a huge influence on my mom and dad which were pretty new Christians at the time. And, uh, well, had been new Christians, but were not then, but had been. They, she helped them come along in the faith a lot, she and her husband. And so, uh, so naturally, if I saw she needed something, I'm going to go do it. So she had a, um, a garage that needed cleaned out. And, uh, and, and I told her, well, when I get back in from school... I was at college, and I, I, I'm going to clean that garage out. So I went over there to clean the garage out, and I knocked on the door, told her, I'm here, I'm going to take care of that garage. And she said, uh, she said, forget the garage, I got a girl. And, um, and uh, turned out, uh, I told her, well, I'm not, I'm here to clean the garage out. And uh, so, so anyway, she said, no, you're going to uh, meet the girl, you're going to meet her tonight. She's at, uh, she'll be at church, and you meet her, and not only are you going to meet her, you're going to tell me you met her. You're going to come over here Thursday and tell me you met her. And, uh, and so I, I thought, okay, you know. So I met her, and it was Vicky. And so, but I was over there cleaning the garage out. I was over there to do something that nobody's going to know about. I'm just doing it for, she's not a widow, but she just well been bad shapes he was in. It'd been easier to be a widow in the shape he was in. And so um, you don't know, but we're not looking for the blessings that are now. We're looking for the blessings later. We're looking for the blessings that if we are standing with John the Baptist, that it won't matter. Because we've been doing these small things, that these humble things uh, that we need to do. 
I think of the ability in this room, um, you know, and we've commented on this quite a bit. We, you know, the elders, they can just go picking around who they want to do. There's so many qualified people to do things, you know. Um, you know, do a lesson or fill in if Bob needs it. Now we got Dustin coming. and I mean, we just got people everywhere that can talk, you know, that, that can teach and, and uh, very efficiently, very, very well-informed, uh, very organized, just, just on and on. But where we can always do better. And, and with these kind of, uh, in this mindset, let's do a lot, let's try to do more of the things that do not bring accolades. That, that don't, you know, something, I knew a guy one time, he had a lot of money, he's a member of the church. He would, uh, he had, he, he was able, but he'd find out about a need overseas and there would be a plane show up with supplies, food supplies. And he made sure. Now the guy in charge of the supplies is a friend of mine, a member of the church. He told me about it. He made sure nobody knew about it. Nobody. And so that's what we're looking for here. If you're able, you see a need. It may be just cutting the grass. It, it may be, um, you know, it may be taking a pie that you're good at making. And just, just, I got a pie. Let me bring it to you. It's not that can I do something for you. No, I've got this. This is what... You know, of course, you got to know somebody a little bit. You got to know a little bit about them. But you can, in a small converse, conversation, you can find out some of that if you're trying. If you're trying, you know. And and, and I'm thinking, certainly, um, I can do more that way. Um, another small thing that I, that's good in that is that is a part of our life now. And it, it is of quite a few people here is uh, children honoring your parents. This is, a, this is also a way that you can do things for your parents that you're not going to get any great recognition about it. I mean, you might get a thank you from the parent as long as they're not too sick or something like that. But you can honor your parents. How do you do that? Well, uh, you know, remember Jacob and Joseph. Uh, Joseph was in Egypt, and Joseph was, uh, he was, he needed to take care of his father. The only way he could really take care of him was to have him come to Egypt. So, so Jacob did that, but then Jacob, <coughs> Jacob had some say too. Well, I want you to take my bones back to the promised land when it done. I, I, he had things he wanted, so it was a working relationship between them to, for Joseph to be able to accomplish what he needed to do, which was to take care of his dad. We need relationships with sons. You know, people marry, they, they move away. They have they have children. They have their own families to be concerned about. But you realize when you marry, your responsibilities now have doubled. You got two mom and dads if they're alive. 
to, to be concerned about. You know, I've told our, our, our boys, they'll call and give a hearty recommendation about some, or advice about something. And they hadn't been here in a while or something. I said, now wait a minute, you don't really know what you're talking about. You, haven't, you don't know the options because you hadn't been here. You know, we, we, need a, we need to communicate more, have a close relationship. You know, as, as I get older, I don't really want family taking care of me if they don't know me well. You can get really out of touch after you get married if you don't try to stay in touch. And that, as a Christian, don't talk to me about how an upstanding deacon you are and how you're doing at the church where you attend if you're not trying to bring a, maintain a relationship with the people that you've got responsibility to take care of. Maybe not right now, maybe later on. But you can't take care of me if you don't know me anymore. This is part of being a Christian. It's not, you don't get any attaboys or, uh, you know, what a fine individual you are for giving that lesson. You're, you're not doing all your duties. You're not doing the private duties that you should be doing. Now, I'm talking in family now. I'm talking to, to a widow, to a, you know, we, we just have to be careful about these things, that we cover all of our responsibilities. And people of faith want to do that. We want to do that. We, we are always lacking. Um, it's just been brought more to my attention that I'm lacking in it's a huge strain on my patience level that I don't do very well. I mean, I think I'm getting better. But, but you know, it's, a, it's not an easy thing. These are not easy things because, like I say, there are no, there are no congratulations. There is no, like, praying for the elders and encouraging them to keep doing what they're doing. People don't know about this. This is things that I've just got to handle correctly. And, and so, anyway. <clears throat> Servants are rewarded eventually. Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful servant, enter to the joy of the Lord. Um, you know, we get rewarded for what we're doing. It's not going to uh, go unseen or unheard from the Lord. And, and uh, we know that He favors this. He favors this kind of service. He favors being an elder. But he, He's looking a lot deeper. This is a lot deeper than that. A lot deeper as far as your everyday... Read uh, in Micah, it says, Micah 6, 8. It's some, this is what you hang on the wall sometimes. And I've seen it in the home. Well, Chase and Allie's got this at their house. He's shown a man what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly? To walk humbly. Now, I like, Bob worked all around this this morning in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I love that 
in the King James, New King James, clothed, you wear it. You wear humility. Yeah, I've seen two generally types of speakers. Uh, the one who must be seen and the one who must be heard. We have the latter. <laughs> but the one who must be seen is, he may be preaching the truth, but he's, um, he just has the demeanor that, that distracts me. The one who must be heard is really easy for me to follow. And, and this is what our life should be. We are clothed with humility. No matter what worldly accomplishments we have, no matter, um, and, and there's nothing wrong with being proud of our accomplishments. When it comes to service to God, all that's going to matter in the judgment is that you were a good and faithful servant. That's it. It's all going to come to that. Good and faithful servant. Paul said, again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I tell you, you're going to need it <laughs> to do these kind of things, these kind of unthank, these thankless acts of work. Um, and and some, sometimes even insulted for doing it. Just all these things that you have to do to please the Lord as a servant, you just don't worry about that. You just do it. Just do it. So that's the lesson. And, uh, you know, you can't be a servant. You can't even get into this doing it if you're not a Christian. If you, don't, you haven't believed and been baptized for your sins, you're not... Uh, well, so I don't want to get into all that. I says, well, then you don't have any hope if you don't be, be in the church. Be added to the church as the Lord adds to the church, those who have been baptized. Um, if you need to change your life and, and, and make some corrections and repent of sins, well, there's a lot of work to get on with. Just in a group this big, there's a lot of work here to do if you'll look. And it's not going to be the kind of work that probably very few people will know about or know that you do. But there is work here. When you get this many people, there, there's, there's plenty of work. Uh, Landon Manning was telling me how much work they've got at Pleasant Grove. And they don't have near as many numbers we've got. And so you, you just, what you got to do is ask around. There's plenty to do. And, uh, and so, anyway, whatever it takes to be the kind of servant we need to be, we need to strive to do it, and we need to, we need to first have ourselves right before God before we can enter into that. So if you're in need in any way, please come while we stand and sing.